Hallelujah. We've been looking at the topic of righteousness. Righteousness means to be right with God, to be in right standing with God, the ability to look God face to face without a sense of guilt or shame. Haha. To know that you are seated at his right hand in the heavenly places in Christ and to sit there with all authority and to rule and reign in this life as king. That is righteousness. To look at God face to face without having any sense of guilt, any sense of shame. That's why he said in Hebrews 4.16, come boldly to the throne of grace. You can come boldly because that's your position. That's who you are. That's where he placed you. So he said, come boldly. You're righteous. You're just like me. I'm your daddy. I'm your father. Come, come, come to me. Hallelujah. That is righteous. And we saw in the previous classes that you are righteous in your spirit. Your spirit is the real you. It's, a, it's your spirit that got born again. It's your spirit that is recreated exactly like Jesus. Yes, in the natural, in the physical, we have all committed blunders. We all make mistakes. Every other day, if not every day. Hallelujah. Nobody is perfect. In the natural, we all make mistakes. Sometimes we do things knowingly. That's why we have 1 John 1, 9. Let's just look at that. Go with me to 1 John 1, 9 in the Amplified. I love it in the Amplified. It says, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to his will, in purpose, in thought and action. Look at that. It says, if you confess your sin, if you know you've done something wrong, confess it to him. What do you mean by confess? Just say, just declare, Lord, I'm sorry. Father, I messed up. You're my father. I messed up in the natural. I come boldly to you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. The Bible says the blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. There is no sin that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse. Hallelujah. It says, he, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises. What is the nature of God? He is just. He is righteous. That's his nature. He is just. He is righteous. And true to his nature, says he will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness. What does it mean to, to dismiss? That means consider it as, as if it does not exist. If you go to a uh, court, if you have somebody puts a case against you, you win the case. Or if that is proven worthless, what will the judge do? It says case dismissed. That means no point. This guy is declared right. This guy is justified. That's the meaning of dismissed. It says dismiss our lawlessness. Anything that you did. This is dismissed. Dismissed. And it says, continuously cleanses from all unrighteousness. And it explains that. Everything not in conformity to his will, in purpose, thought, 
and action. The purpose of your heart, the intention of your heart, the intention of your heart may be wrong. Right? On the outside, you may be looking like you did something right. But on the inside, you may have a wrong intention. Thoughts could be wrong. You could have wrong thoughts concerning someone and your action. Hallelujah. He said, he will cleanse you from everything. Every aspect of the sin. Isn't that amazing? It says, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you are cleansed from all unrighteousness, what, what is left? Righteousness. Hallelujah. So you are righteous in your spirit. It's your spirit that is righteous. Every We saw when we learned spirit, soul and body, everything that you do that is a sin or every, every wrong thing that you do naturally happened because of unrenewed thinking, because of what you were thinking. We saw it's your soul that controls the action of your body. What you were thinking on, what you meditated upon. If you spend time watching wrong things or thinking about wrong things, it will affect your action. But your spirit is not involved there. Your spirit is righteous, exactly like Jesus. Second Corinthians 5 uh, verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, brand new creation. It created exactly like Jesus. And it says all things are passed away. Everything about you, the old person, the old nature is gone. It's not simply hidden under the carpet. It's gone. Every trace of it, your old person is gone from your spirit. Hallelujah. And it says, behold, all things have become new. Everything about your spirit, your born again spirit is new. And then it says, now all things are of God. Everything about your born-again spirit is exactly like God. Exactly like God. Wall to wall, exactly like Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why verse 21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus became sin. Anything and everything that sin represents, Jesus became that. He became that. Why? So now we are the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Let's look at another scripture. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 says, Then he said, this is talking about Jesus, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that will... We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Look at this carefully. There's something here I don't want you to miss. Jesus said, I have come to do your will. Whose will did Jesus come to do? The will of the Father. And what is that will? It says, by that will, by that will of God, it's the will of God that we be sanctified sanctified means cleansed and declared holy separated for a purpose it is the will of god that you be sanctified you be justified declared holy through the offering of the body of jesus christ once for all once for all the payment that jesus did once and for all 
declared you free from sin and has now declared you righteous. The moment you receive what Jesus did, the payment that Jesus did, the offering that Jesus paid, you are righteous. You're sanctified. Hallelujah. I'm excited about this. This is one of the biggest revelation that a child of God can get. A revelation that can set you free. In this world, in the midst of all the nonsense that is going around, this revelation and a constant acknowledgement of this revelation, this truth, will help you rule and reign in this life like a king. That's what Romans 5.17 says. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through that one, talking about Adam, by Adam's offense, by Adam's sin, death reigned in everyone. It says much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. By that gift of righteousness, you are created to rule and reign and dominate in this life. Irrespective of what happens around you, irrespective of what the world talks about you, irrespective of how your parents, your siblings, your neighbors, your co-workers, irrespective of what they talk about you, how they look at you, you are different. You are the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Isn't this exciting? You need to have a revelation of this. Like I told you earlier, a revelation of this opened up scriptures for me. In the first class of righteousness, we read about 90 scriptures that talks about the benefits of the righteous. Man, when I first read it, it was so distant for me because I thought only special people are righteous. People who have been serving God, who have known God, worked for God, lived right, only they had to call righteous. I did not know that the moment I received Jesus, I was righteous. I thought all those promises were only for special people. But the day I understood that I'm righteous, man, it opened up the promises of God for me. I started receiving, I started ruling and reigning and dominating every circumstance that the, that the world puts against me. It's not just for me, it's for everyone. Everyone who understands this truth. Am I perfect? No, absolutely not. Just the other day, I don't know if I should say this. All right, let me just tell you this. Just the other day, I was um, coming back from the gym and there is an in intersection. It's a junction where, um, where it's, it's called, I call it a crazy junction. There are cops standing there, but they are more interested in stopping people and, and finding them, getting the money from them rather than maintaining the traffic. I was crossing that junction when a guy in an auto, he came so fast that he almost banged into me and the person next to me. And it was a young guy driving that auto. And he had a woman and a child in the, in the auto sitting behind him. He was so reckless and he had to brake so suddenly that in the middle of the road, the auto almost tipped and came back. That lady and that child inside was so scared they started screaming. And then the audacity of that guy to come out and shout at us. He came and shouted at us. And when the lady in the, in the auto came out and started shouting at him, he pushed her. 
and the child. And that ticked me off. I just immediately got down from the bike, lifted him up on his, like, his neck, pushed him against his auto. I said, what are you doing? Immediately the cops came and the guy who was next to me on another scooter came and he started slapping him. When I lost it at that moment, I lost it. I was like, Lord, suddenly I realized, man, I'm a pastor. I shouldn't be losing it like this. I put him down. I just tapped him on his face. I said, don't do this again. The cops came like, Lord, if I had done something more, if I had lost some more, it would have been very bad. It would have been very bad. You could have had the news in the next day newspaper. Pastor loses it in the middle of the road. Pastor, uh, pastor beats somebody up. No, that's not good. I realized what I did was wrong. I immediately repented. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I lost it at that moment. I shouldn't have. Naturally looking, I had every right to lose it, but I shouldn't have. My sister is here. She knows stories about me. Man, I've lost it many times. I had anger issues, but thank God for his mercy. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That declared us righteous. You miss it. You run to the throne. You say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Go with me to Romans chapter 3. We'll read verse 3 and 4. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and you may overcome when you are judged. Let God be true, every man a liar. God says you are righteous. And it says you are justified in your words. You're justified in your words. And, and because of your words that justify you, you overcome when you judge. You miss it. Hey, we all miss it. We say, thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. You run to the throne. You say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's still faithful. He's still faithful. Hallelujah. And you're justified by your words. And when and on that day of judgment, you stand before him saying, Lord, thank you, I'm righteous. I receive the reward of the righteous. Hallelujah. Now go to Romans chapter 8. Remember, you're justified by your words. And we're going to look at some words that you're going to speak. Hallelujah. In your identification. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 onwards. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, then we may also be glorified together. Look at that. It says, you have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear. What do you mean by a spirit of bondage? What, according to you, is bondage? Bondage means something that ties you down. Something that suppresses you. Imagine somebody putting you down, having his leg on your neck, 
and you are subject to his mercy, his will. Says, you did not receive a spirit of bondage. That means the spirit that you receive, the spirit that you receive, what spirit did you receive? The Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Scripture says your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Your spirit is sealed with the Holy Spirit. A permanent roommate for you. And it says this spirit is not a spirit of bondage. It is not a spirit that suppresses you, forces you to do anything. No, no. It says it's called the spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. This spirit, what does this spirit do? It calls you to the Father. It brings you close to the Father. It says, run to the Father. Run, run. The Father wants you. The Father loves you so much. It's okay what you did, the sin. The blood of Jesus covered it. Come, come, come. Just confess it. Just release it from your mind. Come to the Father. I'm your father. You're my child. Come, come, come. You're right in my eyes. That's the spirit of adoption. I want you to focus on that today. The spirit of adoption. You are right with God. The spirit that brought you close to the father. That's why he sealed you with that spirit. The moment you got born again, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, what does the Holy Spirit do? It tells you, hey, the next verse says, he bears witness with your spirit. Your spirit. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. Hey, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. He bears witness with your spirit. Come, come, come to the Father. Come to the Father. Run to the Father. The Father is waiting for you with open arms. You are his child. Come. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? This is very important. The spirit of adoption opens the doors of heavens for you. Opens the arms of heavens. Or rather, it reveals the open arms of the Father for you. Because you're righteous. It's called, also called the spirit of truth. It says he witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, what does it mean to witness? Where have you heard this word witness? In a court situation, right? In a court. Now, what is the purpose of a witness? Imagine a court. A court, especially the Indian court system that, that was derived from the British judicial, judicial system. You have the judge sitting there in the middle, in the center on a podium and on either sides there are two boxes kept there one is called the witness box the other is called the accused box on the accused box the person who is accused is placed or the culprit is standing there and in the witness box they brings the witness now what is the purpose of a witness the witness confirms the truth the witness the words of the witness adds weight to the truth or to adds weight to what is being said. That's what a witness does. 
So imagine there's a person accused of stealing something, right? And now the, 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 the advocate, the prosecutor, he comes and says, my Lord, this person is accused of stealing. He's accused of stealing this thing. And we have a witness. Now you call the witness. And now the advocate asks the witness, did you see him steal? Were you there? And the witness says, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Now what happens when the witness releases those words? Those words add weight to what is being said. And immediately the judge declares the judgment based on the words of the witness. Now imagine this. What does the spirit of God do? What does the spirit of adoption tell you? He witnesses with your spirit. What, what does he witness? That you are a child of God. He witnesses with your spirit. How can you understand this practically? Very simple. Every time you say, I'm a child of God. Every time you say that, inside you, there is a witness who adds weight to it, saying, yes, yes, you're a child of God. Yes, you're a child of God. That's this Holy Spirit witnessing. Now, this is the best technique to practice listening to the Holy Spirit. So if you would like to know how to be led by the Spirit of God, this scripture helps you a lot. The most practical way to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. How? Just close your eyes and say, I'm a child of God. And listen. And listen. Cut out everything else. Just listen. Inside you, you will hear that witnessing. That voice that says, yes. Yes, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. That's the Holy Spirit witnessing with your spirit. So in the initial days, when I got born again, I was desperate to know how to be led by the Spirit of God. So what I would do is, the moment I got a revelation of this, I started speaking to myself, saying, I'm a child of God. And I would listen. Scripture says, remember we saw, God, let God be true and every man alive. If the word of God is true, that means the Holy Spirit will always witness to my spirit that I am a child of God. Anytime I say I am a child of God, the Holy Spirit should witness with my spirit that yes, yes, you're a child of God. So I would speak to myself. I would say, I'm a child of God. And then I would wait. Initially, there were too many voices, too many distractions, but I would continue to repeat. I would say, I'm a child of God. And then listen. And I heard, yes, you're a child of God. Yes, you're a child of God. Then I would say it again. And I would hear that voice again. I kept doing this over and over and over again. Why? You would ask me, why do you do that? Well, the same voice that witness with your spirit that you're a child of God, it's going to be the same voice that's going to witness to you that this is the person you're going to marry. This is the place that you're supposed to go. This is the, play, uh, the, the job that you're supposed to take. It's the same spirit. It's the same voice. It's not going to be a different voice. The same voice that witnessed to you that you're a child of God. 
So you keep repeating it to yourself. He said, I'm a child of God. You hear that witness? Yes. Yes, you're a child of God. Be familiar with that voice. For those of you who've uh, stayed in a hostel, all right, in, during your college days, when, when you stay in a hostel or when you go to a new place and, you, and you have, you're forced to live with somebody else, all right, the first day you do not know or you do not recognize the voices of the people around you. They're all new. So you, you hear their voice and then you associate, okay, this voice belongs to this person. The next day you hear the same voices again. In a matter of a month, you hear that voice from down the street, you know, hey, this is that person. This is Tom. I know that voice. Even in the middle of your sleep, you hear the voice, you know, hey, that guy, I know that voice. I know it's this fellow. Why? Because you've heard the same voice again and again and again and again. You've become familiar with, with that voice. The same way, the more you become familiar with the Holy Spirit witnessing to your spirit that you are a child of God, you will recognize that voice when it tells you what to do, what not to do. You will recognize that voice when it explains scripture to you, when it opens up scripture to you. You will recognize it. Hallelujah. That's the benefit of being righteous. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And he is witnessing with your spirit that you are a child of God. So my advice to you, when you go home, when you're alone, just keep speaking to yourself. I'm a child of God. And listen, I've done this thousands and thousands and thousands of times. I would, whenever I'm alone, I'm not talking to someone. I would just be saying this to myself. I'm a child of God. Now listen, the witness is there. When I'm in the toilet, when nobody disturbs you, you keep saying, I'm a child of God. You listen and then you speak in tongues. So you become more sensitive to the leadings and promptings of that Holy Spirit. He witnesses with your spirit that you are a child of God. Hallelujah. So this is extra. All right. This is not part of our topic to how to be led by the spirit of God. But this is a benefit. I wasn't planning to say this, but then I believe you understood this. The same spirit that witnesses with you that you are a child of God is the same spirit that's going to lead you. It's the same voice that's going to lead you through the circumstances, through the troubles, through the distresses, through the persecutions that the world is going to throw against you. It's the same Holy Spirit. So get familiar with that voice. Start speaking to yourself. I'm a child of God. I'm righteous. And he will witness with your spirit. Yes. Yes. You're the child of God. Yes. So say this to yourselves. A thousand times if required. In a single day, I did it. I did it. And that helped me to become familiar with that voice. The Bible is a very practical book. With instructions that you can apply in your life. It is not a book of impossibilities. It's a book of possibilities for any person who believes. I repeat this. The Bible is a book of possibilities for anybody who believes. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Philippians chapter 2 verse 15. That you 
may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Wow. That is just the icing on the cake. It says you become blameless and harmless children of God without fault. Wow. That's who you are. Say this with me. Blameless and harmless children of God without fault. Say, that's who I am. Say, I'm blameless. I'm harmless. I'm a child of God without fault. And where are you? In the midst of a crooked, perverse generation. Isn't it true? Don't you see that around you? A wicked and perverse generation? And what are you supposed to do with this truth? You shine as lights in this world. The more you understand this truth, the more this truth sinks in, in, inside you, the more you keep speaking this truth, trust me, you're going to shine. You're going to shine. The shining of the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No matter what, no matter where, you will shine. And I don't know if you've observed it, at night, when you turn on the lights, what is attracted to the lights? Every kind of bugs is attracted to the light. Does it mean that they were not there, they suddenly appeared when the lights turned on? No, the bugs were already there. The bugs were already there, the flies were already there. Just that when the light shined, they became visible. The more this truth sinks inside you, you will start shining. And all those bugs and pests and everything that is around you, they will become visible. The more you shine, the more those things are becoming visible. Who's, who is the centerpiece? The light. Imagine a totally dark place. You light one matchstick. The light that comes from one matchstick overcomes the darkness around it. You might think, I'm nothing. Hey, even if your light is equal to the light of one matchstick, you have overcome the darkness. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Giving thanks to whom? The Father. The Father. Whose Father? Your Father. My Father. And what has He qualified you to do? You've become a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light. You've become a partaker of the inheritance of God. The inheritance that is kept for the righteous. We saw last week that you are a saint. Whatever your name is, you're a saint. You're a saint. Saint means a person sanctified, declared holy, righteous. You're a saint. And you have an inheritance. And what is that inheritance? We saw in Romans 8, verse 17, it says, If children, then heirs of God, heir, joint heirs with Christ. 
you are a joint heir with Christ. That means whatever Christ possessed, you are a joint heir with him. Joint heir means whatever Christ possessed, you possess the same thing. You are not 50-50 owners. No. Exact same value of ownership. How much ever Christ possesses, you possess the same thing. Whatever Christ possesses, you possess the same thing. The level, the percentage of ownership is the same. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Verse 13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of, of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. Look at that. Let me tell you, I want you to observe something. Wherever you see the word Father written, there is always forgiveness of sin associated with it. Wherever in scripture you see Father, there is always forgiveness of sin associated with it. Jesus is the person who introduced the Father to us. Before Jesus came, people knew God as a righteous God, the master. He was Elohim. He was Yehovah. He was the creator. He was the breath of life. But nobody knew him as a father. Jesus introduced him to us. He introduced the father to us. And how did he become our father? Through the forgiveness of sin. Through the finished work of Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 19, verse 19 says, it pleased, this is Colossians 1, verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in, in him all the fullness should dwell. In him, in whom? In Christ. In Christ. All the fullness of God, all the fullness of all creation dwells in him. In him. Verse 20, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. He's reconciled everything to himself. That means restored to favor. The meaning of the word reconciled is restored to favor. That means everything in earth, in the heaven, is reconciled into favor with God. Hallelujah. And verse 21 says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. Why? To present you holy, blameless, above reproach in his sight. It says, you were once alienated. Alien means separate. Having no part of something. You were alienated and enemies were in your mind, in your unrenewed, unregenerated mind. Hallelujah. How? By wicked works. He's associating wicked works with your mind. This is why we studied spirit, soul, and body. God is associating wicked works with your mind. What happens in your mind? Your thoughts, your thinking. 
But now it says, he has reconciled us. And what is the purpose of reconciliation? To present you, how? Holy, blameless, above reproach. Where? In his sight. So when God looks at you, man, above reproach, there's absolutely no error, no mistake, no fault in you. You're the best. When he looks at you, why? Because of the blood. Because of the blood. Verse 20, we read it. Having made peace through the blood. Hallelujah. When he looks at you, he sees you through the blood. The blood of Jesus. He says, you are holy. You are blameless. You are above reproach in my sight. That's how God sees you, my brother, my sister. Every time God looks at you, he sees you holy, blameless, above reproach. He sees you through the blood. The question is, how do you see yourself? The more you are alienated to God in your mind, you do not receive the promises of God. So renew your mind with the word of God. Renew your mind with words of righteousness. That's why 1 Corinthians 15, 34 says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake. Wake up to the fact that you are righteous. Wake up to the truth that you are declared righteous in God's eyes. You're righteous. And he says, I say this to your shame. The same verse. Shame on you that you don't know you're righteous. I didn't say this. Don't take these as my words. These are the words of Paul. Paul is telling the Corinthian church, shame on you. Wake up to righteousness. Wake up. Know for truth that you are righteous. Know that you are blameless in his eyes. Hallelujah. When God looks at you, he sees you through the blood of Jesus. He sees you holy, blameless, and above reproach. Above reproach. That means above any fault that anybody can put on you, you're above them. Say this with me. I am presented holy, blameless, and above reproach in the sight of God. Say it again. I am presented holy, blameless, and above reproach in the sight of God. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. You're a child of God. Child of God, the creator of heaven and earth. He is your father. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called. We, with all our faults, our, our what do you say, our misgivings, everything, we are called the children of God. You are called the children of God. That's why the Apostle John is, is amazed. He said, behold, oh my goodness. Behold means, look at this. Look at this. See this. Behold. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Amazing love. The Father has bestowed on us. We are called the children of God. Man, that just, revelation just overpowers me. 
I'm called the child of God. Such great love. Such great love. Verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God. Say this with, say this, say this with me. Now I'm a child of God. Say this with me. Now I'm a child of God. Now, right now, you're a child of God. That's who you are. The righteousness of God. You're joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs. So you have to start thinking like him. That's why Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, it means let this way of thinking be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind? What way of thinking? The next verse says, Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Christ thought himself to be equal with God. And Paul is saying, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let this way of thinking be in you. So, Brother Joji, are you telling me that I should say I'm equal with God? I didn't say this. Paul said this. And it's, in, it's there in your Bible. It does not say you're equal with God as the creator. It says you're equal with God in fellowship as a son. As a son. That's why he see, you're seated at his right hand in the heavenly places in Christ. You're equal in position and authority. That is given to you. You are not born with it. It was given to you. You are adopted into that family. And this mind should be in you. The way Christ thought. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 28, in verse 18, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. He said, All authority. Every authority that you can name in heaven and in earth is given to Jesus. Every authority. And then he said, you go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded with you. And lo, I am with you always, always even to the end of the age. Jesus said this. Every authority has been given to me, so now you go in my name. You have been made joint heirs with me. The same authority that Jesus has, you have. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ. Now, right now, the body of Christ. The body of carries the same authority as the head. Christ is the head of the body. If the head has authority, the body carries the same authority. Now, say with me, now. Now, I'm the body of Christ. See, there are, there are a lot of present tense realities that you need to grasp, that you need to acknowledge, that you need to declare. We saw earlier, now you're a child of God. It says, now, you are the body of Christ right now, irrespective of where you are, irrespective of what you've done now. It's a present tense reality. That means right now, you are the body of Christ. 
All authority in heaven and earth is given to you. To rule and dominate in Christ, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the head. Hallelujah. You have authority. You're a child of God. You're joint heirs as the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. You need to get this. You need to declare this. So you are different from the people of the world. You're different. Your nature is righteousness. That's his nature. You receive that nature. That's your, and your nature will not change. You are as righteous as Jesus. The level of your righteousness does not increase or decrease with time. The second you got born again, you are as righteous as Jesus. It's in your spirit. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. What is the meaning of this? If you seek after righteousness, if you go behind the words of righteousness, if you go behind understanding the truths of righteousness, you will be filled. Every promise that the scripture has for the righteous, you will be filled. You need to hunger and thirst for this. That's why he said in Matthew 6, 33, he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that the world runs after will be added to you. You don't have to worry about anything. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear, protection, security, provision. No, you don't have to worry about those. You seek after righteousness. You go behind it. And all those things that the world runs behind, it will be added to you. It's added to you. That means you don't have to run behind it. You don't have to worry or break your head about those things. Those things will be added to you. Let's look at Hebrews 10 verse 9. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Hallelujah. That's the will of God for you. What's the will of God? That you be sanctified. Go to chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For they, for then would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshippers once purged should have no more consciousness of sin. This is the will of the Father. We are not reading a different letter. It's the same letter. We saw it was the will of God that you be sanctified. Jesus came to do his will. It's the will of God that you be declared righteous. And then it says, the worshiper should, once purged, should have no more consciousness of sin. No more consciousness. What does it mean to be conscious of sin? To be conscious of something means to be constantly bothered be constantly aware of that thing. Scripture says you are dead to sin. When sin comes looking for you, comes knocking on your door, 
Sorry, the person you're looking for is dead. With respect to sin, you are dead. There is no more sin consciousness. What consciousness do you have? Righteousness consciousness. You are righteous. You are awake to righteousness. When sin comes knocking on the door, it said, hey, you won't find that here. Only the righteous is here. I'm the righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm as righteous as Jesus. That's who I am. That's my identity. This address is the address of the righteous. You've come to the wrong address, sin. Hallelujah. There is no consciousness of sin in your spirit. In your spirit. So the more you wake up to the fact, renew your mind about who you are, about your identity as a child of God, as a righteousness of God, as the body of Christ, there is no more consciousness of sin. Now you are subject to a different law that is called the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 2 says, For the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. It's a different law that you operate under. You are not operating under the law of sin and death. Maybe I'll cover this in the next class in detail. The law that you operate is called the law of life, law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Everything that the world system operates is under the law of sin and death. For you, there is no more consciousness of sin. You operate under this law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 9.14 says, Is there any unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. There is no unrighteousness with God. And you are seated at his right hand. You are seated in Christ. Is there any unrighteousness in you? No, certainly not. I like the way New King James puts it. Certainly not. No unrighteousness in you. You are in God. Hallelujah. His word is called the word of righteous. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. I want you to look at that scripture again. Having been born again. Which part of you is born again? Your spirit. Born again of what? Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. You are born again of the word of God. That's how you got saved. You heard the word, you believed it, you received it. And that instant, your spirit got born again. So the DNA of your spirit is the word of God. Jesus was the word that became flesh. John 1 says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. Jesus was born of the word. You are born again of the same word, the word of God. That's your nature. And what's the nature of the word? Proverbs 8.8 says, all the words of my mouth are with righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverse in them. All the words of God. Isaiah 45 verse 23 says, I have sworn by myself 
the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness the word that has come out of god's mouth is the word of righteousness psalms 119 verse 123 my eyes fail from seeking your salvation and your righteous word hebrews 5:13 everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness you are born again your very dna is the word of righteousness everything about your spirit carries the same dna righteous righteous hallelujah and how did you receive it by faith you just believed and you received it hallelujah you are a child of god you have inherited the nature of god and you've inherited everything that Jesus has you're a joint heir with God hallelujah i believe you you understood this there is no unrighteousness in you in your spirit so wake up to this fact wake up i will not get tired of repeating the same verse again and again wake up to righteousness understand that you are righteous it doesn't matter what you did yesterday know for sure you are righteous that's your nature let's read one portion of script, scripture and close romans chapter 4 we'll read from verse 1 what then shall we say that abraham our father has found according to the flesh he's talking about something that father abraham found he found something verse 2 says for if abraham was justified by works he has something to boast about but not before god look at that said if abraham was justified by his works by what he did then he has something to boast about you know what i did i did this therefore i am righteous but it says not before god you can boast about what you accomplished by your work in the natural but you can't boast about it before god verse 3 for what does the scripture says abraham believed god and it was accounted to him for righteousness he believed god by what he believed he was declared righteous verse 5 but to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly his faith is accounted for righteousness just as david also describes the blessedness of the man to whom god imputes righteousness apart from works apart from works see your works are based on your thinking every work that you do every action that your body does is based on your thinking but when you believe the truth of god's word that you are righteous you believe that you're justified you are not justified by your works you're not justified because you did good but justified by your faith in the finished work of the cross that means you're declared righteous hallelujah that's why i made you speak those things the more you hear it faith comes by hearing and hearing you either hear somebody else say or you hear yourself you're a child of god you're the righteousness of god you're declared righteous in god's eyes when he looks at you he sees you through the blood 
of Jesus. It says you are holy, blessed, and above reproach. Above reproach in his eyes, in his sight. Hallelujah. I believe you understood this. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for the word of righteousness. We receive this word with meekness. We declare that, Lord, who we are right now. The present tense reality of who we are right now in Christ as the righteousness of God. We receive it, Father. We receive it. That's who we are. And we rule and dominate in this life as kings, as royalty, as who we are supposed to be with all power and authority in heaven and earth being given to us as joint heirs of Christ. Thank you, Father. We believe we receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time for communion. Remember, communion is a time of remembrance. A time to remember what Christ has accomplished for us by his broken body and shed blood. When God looks at you, he looks at you through the blood. You're made righteous. You're justified by the blood. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. The blood, scripture says, the blood brought you nigh to the Father, close to the Father. You can come boldly to the throne of grace by the blood and his broken body. By his stripes, you were healed. By his poverty, you are made rich. He has reconciled you to himself, restored you to favor, and has given you his wisdom. As a righteous, you're protected and preserved, angels guarding you and keeping you. These are the benefits. We saw this in the communion class. So let's take this meal in faith. If you have biscuit or bread and some juice, it's an act of remembrance, what you bring to your mind. You're being awake to these truths. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to remember. Thank you that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We stand our position in the name of Jesus. Thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. If we were healed, we are healed right now. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and is giving life to our bodies. We declare life, life and life more abundantly. Life to our immune system, life to our central nervous system, life to every bone, cell, tissue in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You became poor that we through your poverty are made rich. So we call every need met. We call every bill paid in the name of Jesus. We are out of debt. Our needs are met. We have plenty more to put in store. Thank you, Father. For angels guarding us and keeping us in all our ways. We and our household are saved, preserved, protected. In Jesus' name. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for favor in every situation. Open doors. Increase, overflow, multiplication. That's our, that's our portion. We receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat and drink. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. It is done. We believe we receive. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I believe you understood the truths that we were looking at. You are blessed.